Hi, listeners. Are you looking for some ways to improve your health? Maybe you're interested in a simple alcohol reset. I'm proud to share with you 0.0 Living. Many of my friends have wanted to do a 30-day alcohol-free challenge, but felt like they didn't have the tools, the support, and accountability. 0.0 Living gives you a simple reset to live more fully. So if you're ready to interrupt your patterns, live healthier and happier without ever feeling like you're missing out, join 0.0 Living's alcohol-free challenge. They start at January 1st. For more information, you can go to their website at 00living.com. So when the Black Lives Matter people called, I was ready because I had spent that downtime actually creating and actually putting myself in position to pivot. I'm Annie Schumann, and this is a special edition of Failing Forward for Adolescents. Failing. 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 I know. We talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. That's a blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. So today I am here with Alina Cody and I am so excited to be back into everything and get to know her and I'm excited for you all to hear her story. So Alina, tell us about yourself, get to know you. Hey everyone, um, I am a Cincinnati native. I was born and raised here, I went to high school here um, and I graduated and went out to school and when I came back, um, I delved right into Cincinnati and I've been here ever since. Um, I am an artist. I am a sister. I'm an aunt. I'm a friend. Um, I'm one of eight children. And um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Oh, I'm also a teacher and a poet. That's like a big aspect of everything wow. as well. You've got a lot going on. So um, with everything going on, in our country right now, from the presidential election to the whole Black Lives movement. How do you, so what do you say on that from being an abstract street artist and an activist? Um, I think there's a lot to say about it. I think there's um, a lot that has been said about it. I think um, originally during the Civil Rights Act movement, um, we did see an emergence of um, black art and what that meant for that movement. Um, we also saw, you know, what black art meant for the rena the Harlem Renaissance and what that did and how that progressed, you know, that area in America um, as far as that time and what art that pushed as far as music and visual art as well. Um, so I think uh, moving forward to this current time, I think it's especially important to continue to carry that torch I think it's important to um, continue to remember what it means to accurately um, represent and to um, to put into perspective um, what it means to be black. And um, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes there can be weight and um, heaviness to what that means as well. Yeah. So Alina, what does it mean to be black? Um, I think that's a very hard and multifaceted, um, almost loaded question. And it comes with a very loaded answer as well. 
And I don't mean that in a negative uh, manner at all. I mean that there's so much that comes um, with the experience. Um, I would say that uh, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of pride, there's a lot of um, freedom in the ability to express and to be creative. Um, but I think at the same token, there's a lot of pain that can come with it. There's a lot of brokenness that can come with it. There's a lot of uh, disadvantage and feelings of um, oppression, depression, and um, inadequacy, honestly. Um, to feel inferior at times, to feel insecure at times on just basic everyday life things. Um, yeah, um, but I would, I would say that it's important to me to represent also, like I said, the joy and what it means to be Black, the freedom and what it means to be Black, the excitement and what it means to be Black. With your artwork, how do you incorporate all of that into it? Do you represent your joy and some of the struggles into it or is there one-sided? Um, so for me, there's definitely a duality to my art. Um, I'm someone who I paint things very vividly. Um, there's a lot of stark contrast. There's a lot of bright and bold um, colors. And I think that um, for me represents some of that vibrancy. It represents some of that vitality it represents some of that fierceness, some of that um, power and some of that um, lust and thirst for life. Um, and for me, like I said, that's, that's just really important. Also, um, you'll find that because I am a poet, you'll find that a lot of my artwork does incorporate words too. And I'm able to tap into some of those ideas by incorporating those words. Um, so there was, a, there was a painting I did for a father and his son. And essentially I had him overcoming these words that were built into the steps, but the words were trauma, adversity, um, worry, doubt, fear. Um, those are just common obstacles that, you know, the everyday black male has to face. Wow, that's, that's truly inspiring. What inspired you to become an artist or a poet? Um, I think, some of my early experiences in school, honestly, in elementary school, um, I had an art teacher and I don't know where she is, but Miss Kingsbury, I love you. I don't know where she is, but Miss um, Laura Kingsbury, I think was my first art teacher. And I just remember um, being very excited about taking that class and about specials. And I mean, at the time we only had specials like once a week so I would, I would just always be very excited. And I remember art class being like this mythical, magical place where there were so many things that you could do, so many things that you could create out of nothing. And to me, that is, I guess, almost poetry in motion. Um, I didn't actually become a poet until later. And I think that was um, fourth grade. And I was actually inspired by I think just a black history prompt we had been given in school and I wrote a poem and won the contest and that like solidified me <laughs> as a poet but I mean if you listen to me talk I obviously love talking that's and crazy in fourth grade I definitely would have not known I did not have a talent for poetry that's a really special talent to have Thank you. Well my I come from a family of poets I think my grandmother was a poet my mother was a poet um, so that's so cool. That's really nice to know. 
What makes you think of yourself as an activist today? Um, so today I think of myself more as an activist than I've ever thought before because I'm beginning to recognize the power in my voice. I'm beginning to recognize the power in the art that I'm creating and um, the lane and the avenue that that's creating me to continue to have that conversation, to continue to have that voice, to continue to um, bring light to issues and situations where people might may or may not have been exposed to that. And I think the fact that I'm doing it with art is such a beautiful and peaceful thing um, because you can have these thought-provoking conversations without stirring discord, I should say. Yeah. Wow. So tell us the story of how you started the Black Lives Matter mural downtown. So I got in touch with Colleen, who is the CEO of Artworks here in Cincinnati. She put out a call to all Cincinnati artists. And um, I responded to the call with an email that said, hey, I am a local Cincinnati native. I've been born and raised here. Um, I'm also African-American. Um, I've always wanted to do a mural. I've always wanted to be involved in something like this, but I've never really had um, an opportunity and I would love to help out if possible. Um, and this was on a Friday. And I think on Monday, she put me in touch with everyone else who was involved. It is on Plum and Court. I believe it sits on Court Street in front of, literally in front of the courthouse. But if you were driving, you could like take it to the, the corner of Court and Plum, which is actually really interesting because my parents grew up on Court Street, like in the ghetto in the 1950s. So it was like really, it was just full circle for me to have painted that mural on Court Street, however many years later, right? That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Was that the first generation of Cincinnatians in your family? Um, actually, no. My grandmother was part of the Great Migration um, when a lot of African-Americans from Alabama moved up north looking and in search for, you know, better um, opportunities. So my grandmother was actually first and my mother was the youngest, I think, in her family of like nine children. So my mother is the second generation. That would make me like the third generation, I think. Oh, wow. And you have a lot of siblings. Are they all still in Cincinnati? Um, they are. So I have an older sister and I have six brothers and then there's me. Wow, you have a lot of brothers. I have two older brothers too and they're quite a handful. Cool, tell me about it. <laughs> so since the mural, have you worked on any other projects? Um, so I've this was my first um, big project. I've actually not worked on any other large projects since. Um, there's talk of a mural coming in Norwood, Ohio, um, which, you know, sits just outside of Cincinnati. Um, and I might be working on that project. Um, other than that, I am doing, still doing commissions. And I recently got a large scale printer. So I'm very thirsty and excited to print things. Yeah, that's so fun. Um, are any of them out there in the world right now? And can we find them anywhere because Yes, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Starlit Artworks. Um, I do have a website coming soon, although it's not up and running. 
Um, as far as my artwork though, I recently um, have been in touch with someone from Sweden. So I'll be an international artist pretty soon. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, so I think just right now I've just been operating from home. Yeah, um, how has COVID affected everything? Um, so I've actually been very grateful for COVID as I'm sure most um, creatives are. Um, COVID really gave me the opportunity to um, hone in on the idea of becoming a full-time artist. I've always been a teacher first and then a poet and a creator, whereas COVID really gave me a way to look at being an artist first and then possibly being a teacher who teaches art second. However, um, it wasn't really something that I was focusing on before, but the pause kind of made me need to focus on it. Um, first of all, it was very therapeutic to create in the middle of all that stress and uncertainty. And then um, because of that time I spent investing, right, it gave me the opportunity to set myself up for success. So when, for instance, the Black Lives Matter people called, I was ready because I had spent that downtime actually creating and actually, I guess, putting myself in position to pivot into that career. Mm -hmm. So are you still teaching? I am still teaching. Okay, what grade are you teaching? So I actually teach uh, preschool at the Cincinnati Hamilton Community Action Agency at the Head Start. Um, but I have taught um, preschool through sixth grade. I have my degree in elementary education, actually. So you added a positive input on COVID. And I find that so inspiring because most of this time, people have only thought of the negatives. And it makes me think of the bright side of things. And I was wondering if you needed to add anything else. And so glad we got to chat. Oh, thank you so much for sure. Um, just to remind people to pay attention to whatever it is that they are passionate about and to remember that passion comes in unconventional ways a lot. Um, sometimes it's that thing that you can't stop for. It's that thing that you won't put down until you're ready to think about something else. So um, just remembering what your passion is and refocusing that to your purpose. Wow, thank you so much. And I'm so glad we had the time no to speak. Thanks for having me. When I first started the podcast, I wasn't sure where it would take me. I just knew I was meant to do it. Don't ask me why or how, I just really knew. And since starting it three years ago, I've wondered how else can I use what I've learned in the episodes and teach others? Over the years, I've coached executives and more recently, young professionals and college students. In response to that need, we are offering Move Forward Crew, and it takes our guest best practices, the Enneagram assessment, to help them understand their personal motivations. They will challenge unhealthy and limiting beliefs. We use neuroscience to create new healthy habits, and finally, they'll create a Move Forward plan. So if your child is struggling and you'd like to give them the tools to get unstuck and face their fears, you can sign them up for a 10-week course. More information, go to failforwardpod.com. 
I want to thank our sponsor, Health Carousel, and everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Fail Forward Pod.